This is Star Wars Action News, hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Hello and welcome to Star Wars Action News. This is Marjorie. This is Arnie and we are joined by Chris. Hey everybody, Jedi Yoda 7 here once again. And Jonathan. Hey everybody. So welcome to part two of the conversation Chris, Jonathan, Marjorie and I were having last week. On this show, we're going to be discussing the current state of the Vintage Collection series. And then at the end of the show, we have an interview with Hasbro, Patrick and Eric, the two who you probably saw on the Fan First Friday live stream they did on May 1st. And we're going to ask them a lot of questions about Black Series. And yeah, I'm going to ask more about the Vintage Collection and why don't we get more figures than we do in it. But before we talk Vintage Collection, Black Series. Hasbro did say they're doing another Fans' Choice poll. It is Black Series, but it's not, hey, what figure do you want out of the ether? It's, what figure have we made you want to see again? What figure do you want repacked? The one that I'd really want, want is the one that I wasn't able to get. The Boba Fett done in the original Kenner colors, the con exclusive from last year. And that one was never released in, uh, you know, a standard format. A lot of these other con exclusives that they do, they put a non-exclusive version out, but that one I never was able to get. And it's just going for just insane money on the secondary market. And I won't shell out for it, but I'd really love to get my hands on that figure because I like the deco. You know, I have to I have to agree with Jonathan. I was lucky enough to get one, but here's the thing. I'm an opener and I have to tell you I really don't want to open that one. I'd love to have two so I could have one to open and one to keep on card and I'm really struggling to open this one and I don't think I'm going to because it just looks so pretty on the card. But I think that's the way to go. I think what you're going to find though is I think Commander Cody is going to be where people vote because that one gets a huge price on the secondary market. I actually went and started looking at sold listings of Black Series figures, trying to figure out what would it be. And I'm frightened because the one first day of issue figure I'm missing is the Mandalorian. I see some of those selling for $400, $500 AFA graded. That's going to be a pretty penny. Ouch. The Mandalorian first edition sold at $168.50 non-AFA graded. That's what I'm looking at spending. Wow. Ouch. And I was able to find all of those sitting in a box on my Walmart shelf before the release. This is where I'm glad I'm an opener. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be buy two of them, open one and keep the other one sealed, and I gave up. Well, that's how I started with three and three quarter inches. I would buy two, one to keep on the card and one to open. And then I just got to the point where I'm like, I'm an opener. Now, see, I'm for the three and three quarter inch for the vintage collection. I'm still like that. You know, the five point of articulation figures. I I dropped that a while ago. I just gave up. I said I like the vintage line, and that's what I'm gonna stick with. But yeah, when I start looking at non AFA graded figures outside of the convention exclusive sets like the Boba Fett and Han and Carbonite, which was still selling for three hundred dollars recently, and I think that's going to plummet now that they're <laughs> yeah, that's gonna tank. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, most of the expensive ones are exclusives 
on the card. One of the most ex- expensive figures is the Celebration exclusive X-Wing Luke. And again, there's nothing different about that figure from the other releases that they've done or nothing significant. I mean, there may have been little updates for the archive version of that figure, but, you know, I feel that those are minimal. And if you wanted, if you're like Chris and you're an opener, you don't need that one. The Boba Fett, that was the only way you could get it. Just like till recently, the Han and Carbonite, the only way you could get that was the San Diego two pack. Yeah, I think some people would also say maybe Ezra Bridger, but if I'm not mistaken, aren't they re-releasing the Rebels later this year that were harder to find? Because most of those were very hard to find, uh, especially Ezra. Yeah, I know Ezra is a popular choice. I wonder if they would do the vintage colored Boba Fett, like you say, Jonathan, because that was a con-exclusive paint job. Would they consider that paint job for the Archive series? I guess if it got the most votes... Is that what you're voting for? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, again, I mean, I'd love to have it on the original card that they released it on, but I still just would like the figure. Yeah, I guess it depends on what rules they're working with. If everything in the Black Series is open, then convention exclusives are fair game. Yeah, it does look like the most expensive regular figure on eBay, not counting first edition white boxes, not counting carbonized, not counting AFA graded, is Commander Cody where just that figure, you know, 1999 when you found them at Walmart, 172.50 is sold prices on eBay. Wow. Yikes. So for people who miss that figure, I could see why that would be a huge one to pick. I mean, especially since it's going to be on the archive card. So if you're taking away variant packaging as a lure and you just want the figure itself, that's the one that's going to it looks like cost the most for people who missed it and yeah i've seen a ton that sold for over 150 dollars i'm glad i found him when i did thank god for pre-orders i've been lucky enough that i've been pre-ordering by the case since black series started so i'm actually not going to vote because i don't have a horse in the race there's not a specific one that i'd like to troop build or something so i'm gonna let other fans decide what they want to see come back out I think it would be cool to see some of the lesser characters like the Purge Trooper or some of those harder to find exclusives like... I heard that one was actually coming back out, Arnie. It's reposted on the GameStop website. Yeah, but it's not able for order, so I'm not sure what to make of it. If it does, then great. More power to them. And So, listeners, let us know what you want to see in this poll. I'm personally... I just wish it was another pick the character poll. Pick the repack poll is, it's less exciting to me. Agreed. But let's get to the main topic of today. Vintage collection conspiracies. Dun, dun, dun. Now, Jonathan, you're primarily a vintage collection buyer, aren't you? Yes, that is the focus now of my collection. And Chris, you go both ways, right? Six inch and three and three quarter. That is correct. What is your preference these days? I mean, which line when they announce new figures gets you excited? Or is it dependent on the figure? Oh, without a doubt, it's the Black Series. Unless it's a figure that I really love in the TVC collection, it's the Black Series, hands down. See, I still love the vintage collection figures. There's something about, you know, the the old style cards, 
those are what I have displayed in my collection room, that whole line. And I get excited when I get to put a new wave of them up. I'm actually running out of room and I had to like compress them on the shelves. But I'm surprised, I guess, in the direction that that line has taken in that there are so few figures that are released and at least around me they're like gone in a flash i very rarely find them in the stores i usually have to resort to pre-ordering cases like you arnie to make sure i get all of them i don't know when i last saw vintage collection figures on shelves outside of exclusives like the walmart exclusive luke's that they had late last year those actually just sat around but as far as regular releases go i have trouble finding them and I don't know that stores are even ordering them. Every so often I come across a bunch like I think the Shadow Stormtrooper Jawa wave with the Celebration Leia that had the two different numbers on the back. I found that, but I think that is probably the last wave. I know that is not true. I take that back. A few, maybe right before the quarantine, I found the Mandalorian wave, the four figures, the Mandalorian, the Cara Dune, the Remnant Stormtrooper, and the repacked Phase 1 Clone Trooper on a shelf in Target. And, you know, I snatched them up, but I was shocked. I did not expect to see them. See, I, I'm in the situation where I usually find Remnant, so I didn't see any of the Mandalorian wave except for the Clone Trooper on the shelf and the wave before that i think i saw the jawa and the leia um other than the exclusives that you mentioned arnie which were the lando and the luke that walmart did so i've been resorting to pre-ordering individual figures because i don't necessarily want the whole wave so i get the individual figures where i can find them which is usually through pulse the only reason i don't order individual figures is because i do keep them carded and if I order an individual figure, most of the time when I get it, the card is mangled in some way, shape, or form. Whoever's shipping it, whether it be Pulse or Amazon or even Entertainment Earth, if I'm ordering a single figure, it better be an opener. Yeah, see, and again, me being an opener, I mean, I want my card to be as pristine as possible, but if it's a little crunched up, I'm going to open it anyway. So it's not a huge deal breaker for me. Entertainment Earth and Big Bad Toy Store have mint-on-card guarantees. Hasbro Pulse and Amazon don't, but... Well, for me, you know, most of the time, if I'm buying a case of figures, because I do one opened and one I keep sealed for display purposes, I usually buy a case and the cards, most of the time, come through okay. But if I'm ordering, like, individual figures, like you can get them on Pulse where you can just order the ones that you want, those are the ones that are going to come, you know, I know they're going to be messed up. Well, just to give a little bit of background for listeners who may be newer collectors, because we've been doing this podcast for 15 years and we've seen the rise, the fall and the rebirth of three and three quarter inch collecting. <laughs> I mean, three and three quarter inch was the scale of choice in 1977 arbitrarily because Kenner wanted to make vehicles and they knew that the toys that were popular at the time, which were pretty much 8-inch type toys, you couldn't put a Millennium Falcon with an 8-inch figure. So they came up with this 4-inch figure line, and due to the popularity of Star Wars, every line followed suit. I had G.I. Joe figures, I had A-Team figures, I can't think what else, but so many other figure lines 
were in that three and three quarter inch scale forever. And when Star Wars relaunched with Power of the Force in 1995, three and three quarter inch was the scale once again. And that was the case until about 2013, I think it was. But in 2010, they had the Vintage Collection, which was, you know, the three and three quarter inch line of super articulated or highly articulated figures changed names. You know, it was Power of the Jedi, and then we had the Revenge of the Sith Collection, and then we had the 30th Anniversary Collection, and we had the Black Series, and Mm -hmm. so many other names. And eventually we got around to the Vintage Collection, where they were putting them on cards like we saw back in the 70s and early 80s. And that's the current line of highly articulated three and three quarter inch figures. But that died for a while. And what happened was around the time of the re-release of The Phantom Menace theatrically in 3D, they way overshipped figures to tie into that movie. Oh, yeah. The 3D figures that they were doing and that Walmart. Oh, my God. Those were everywhere. Yeah. So was that first wave from the vintage collection. It just clogged it up for everything else behind it. Was it the first wave or was it the Phantom Menace wave? Because there was a dedicated wave of the vintage collection that was Phantom Menace. They, and it was a big wave. It had a lot of uh, variants. And I remember those things going on clearance because – I bought a ton of the battle droids from that line for like $3 a pop. Wow, that is a great price on those. But my memory is, and that was back when we got interesting character selections. Like they had the twin cloud car pilot in wave one of Vintage Collection in 2010. They also backed it up with vehicles. With that first wave, they released the Twin Pod Cloud Car. They also, in that wave, there was a DAC figure, and they had the redone Snowspeeder. Around me, I don't remember those sitting sitting long. Yeah, some of the later re-releases of those figures, where they just included them in later assortments, those seem to maybe sit a little bit. But now, any of those figures just go for like insane money on the secondary market. And then the following wave, which I believe was the Return of the Jedi wave, that had that awesome Gamorrean guard. I always thought that that line just did wonderfully until about when they did the Phantom Menace 3D re-release and they tried to support it with this line. The thing is, before that is when the problems really started for distribution for me. Do you guys remember the Wedge figure that came out? Oh, yeah. And that was late 2010, early 2011. It was hard enough to find figures that I had joined Brian's Toys One of Every Figure Club at that point. They had a mint on card guarantee. I actually joined it twice so I could get one mint on card to keep, one mint on card to open. And I was doing pretty good with them through those early waves when all I could find at stores were some of those early figures. Then I got news from Brian's Toys that Wedge might not be included or Wedge might cost more. And then I finally got some Wedges from Brian's Toys and they were damaged and they weren't able to fix them. They said that I could get my money back with their guarantee, but they had no more Wedges. And that was a huge thing back in 2011. So distribution problems were already hitting before 2012. You know, that Wedge figure, the funny sequel or footnote to that was the fact that not too much later, 
I was finding full pegs of wedge figures at five below. I think you're right that that's when they started having distribution. They were making figures, but they weren't getting where they needed to be. But I do think you're right, Jonathan. We had mainly good distribution. I still had to order online back then because I wasn't seeing enough of them. But yeah, it was 2012. You're right. And I remember talking to, it was might have been Daryl DePriest back then. I know it was around the time he left. It might have been Jeff Leibovitz. But one of them straight up admitted they over-anticipated the demand. Based on the sales of figures up until 2012, they over-anticipated the demand for the Phantom Menace figures and just shipped way too many that stores couldn't sell. And I, at that point, I was already ordering stuff online because it was just becoming frustrating trying to track it down in the stores. Everything that I saw was Phantom Menace related. So you had the 3D line, but you also had the Phantom Menace ones, and, and those started clogging up a little bit and just made everything after that hard to find. And the thing that really annoyed me at that point is – there was a an exclusive wave to Walmart that had 3D glasses with the figure, mm-hmm. and they were the exact same figures as they were releasing in the vintage line, just on a different card. At the same time, possibly at Walmart, actually right next to each other, the same figure. You could get the vintage one for more money on the vintage style figure, but the same thing, and I that made no sense to me. And obviously sales were down. I mean, if we want to look anecdotally at things back then, remember Brian, again, to Brian's Toys, remember their Jocasta new exclusive figure? You could only get it from them in that deluxe package. It had the Dooku bust with it and everything. And that thing was available on discount for years to come. Wasn't it where they would give it to you free when you ordered stuff for a while? I think they might still be doing that. <laughs> And then remember the stores stopped ordering vintage collection figures and we ended up getting that one wave that they made and stores wouldn't order it. So you had to order it online that had like that. It was the last it was like up to 115. It had the Vader from Return of the Jedi where he was it was lightning effects. There was an exclusive Ewok. I think the nine numb. If you go back to the archives, I believe I reviewed that wave, actually. Was that the Amazon exclusive wave? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it had Ahsoka and Obi-Wan from Clone Wars. I mean, those were figures people really wanted, and you could only get them online. And that was the death of the vintage collection at that point. And it was because they couldn't get those figures into stores. And then in 2013 came the Black Series, and that was the big experiment. We got it in 6-inch, but... The vintage collection type of figure continued. We just called them Black Series, and they came on the Mm -hmm. smaller cards. They were trying over because stores had stopped buying vintage cards, so they decided to do Black Series figures in three and three quarter. But that line had was cursed from the beginning, because remember that was when the bubbles kept falling off? Yep, bubble gate. Jonathan, you said you're mint on card. How many have you had to (laughs) re-glue? I I keep them in star cases, and I try not to breathe on them. (laughs) But the six-inch line really did seem to take off, whereas, again, I was having to order by cases online in order to get the three-and-three-quarter-inch stuff. It did seem like I just wasn't seeing much of it in stores. I I never saw, like, uh, Bastilla Sean in stores that I remember. I actually got mine from Jonathan. That's how I had to get that one. (laughs) I remember that. Occasionally, I would come across things, and I had friends in strange places that were able to help me out. 
No, but there was there was a build a droid wave that was supposed to be Black Series and they never made it. And there was an Amazon pack that came out with six figures. And then there was one that you, we could get from the calendar store. And there were 12 figures that yes. never made it to. Yep. I mean, it was just a mess. We never knew what was coming and where it was coming from. And then they seemed to kind of give up on the Black Series because, as I recall, the prices were going up. And Disney was saying, this is how I recall it. Disney was saying that the kids were more interested in like Rebels figures that were going to be like five points of articulation. And they were kind of switching over to these to try to get the price point down and make it more appealing for kids. And that's kind of where I checked out because th those figures to me were just not what I wanted. Now, I'm not going to agree with you where you say Disney said that kids want these other figures because before the Disney buy, they did start doing the five POA figures next to the black series figures. I remember when they announced those, they didn't mention articulation. They're like, these are the best sculpts we've ever done. And they were some good looking figures. If you didn't want them to move, I mean, for carded collectors, I think those were great. I don't understand the carded collecting articulation snobs. Hey, Jonathan, you're a carded collector. How does articulation matter on that card? <laughs> well, not on that card, but I still preferred like the, the vintage and then the Black Series line because I do like – I felt that they may have been sculpted better, and I do have some of those early ones. But then as the line went a little bit further, it I remember looking at the paint apps and some of those were, were just – abysmal i remember like getting a wave and like returning it just because you know eyes were over to the side uh i think uh, it was a two-pack with the character from rebels hera and like her chin strap was like at her nose and it, it <laughs> just the the quality on those was like this is not where i want to spend my money and the money was going up before the black series three and three quarter inch line died i very specifically remember one of the last waves had a Han Solo and Carbonite figure. And you guys know I, I'm very Han Solo and Carbonite focused. And that was when the MSRP went to about $12 a figure. And it had been around 10 And 10 everybody was like, it's getting too expensive. It's getting too expensive. And then when it hit 12 is when the line died. They just stopped making highly articulated three and three quarter inch figures for a while there. Well, because they were also selling the five points of articulation right next to them. And what were those going for, like six or seven? Yeah, they started off at $5. And before they killed the line at the end, they were up to nine. But at the time in 2013, I think they were $6 or maybe 10 for a two-pack. Yeah, that sounds about right. But I was going to say, like you said, Arnie, towards the end, that line crept up too and was getting close to that $10 mark. But it's important to note a huge problem was we still weren't seeing these in stores because stores weren't ordering them because all of these come in under the same product line. And if they didn't sell initially, stores ended up with warehouses full of those first waves and just wouldn't reorder. So you never got the different waves. And that's one of the reasons they went to Black Series is to try to tell Walmart and Target and at the time Toys R Us, hey, it's a new line of figures. Order these. And they did, and they got stuck in the same boat. And that's why when The Force Awakens came out in 2015, it was kind of a disappointment 
because the only articulated three and three quarter inch figures we got were a Walmart exclusive wave of black series figures. And those had really wonky distribution. If you recall when Walmart had the exclusive line, I don't know if you're, you remember being in that Walmart somewhere in the middle of nowhere, Southern Illinois. And we found like 12 phasmas that we weren't able to find anywhere else. We ended up picking up for a bunch of people. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. those those Walmart figures, I liked them because they were super articulated. They were, you know, the extension. But anytime you say Walmart exclusive to me, I, I clench because I never know if I'm going to see a Walmart exclusive near me. I, I, I think actually when Chris and I first met way back when, he had a bunch of Walmart exclusive comic packs that I needed and I, I got off of him. Yep. You know, you're you're right. That wave was really weird because they showed up months later because I found them at my Walmart here. They didn't have anything for the, the release of the movie, but I think it was like four or five months later, they all of a sudden had a bunch of them and they were all marked down. So I was able to pick a couple of them up there. So that was kind of really weird. The distribution is wonky, but I, I'm again, I'm with you, Jonathan. Anytime you say Walmart, it's like a dagger to the heart. I remember being lucky enough to get most of them at walmart.com. Our friend Nick in New Jersey is the one who found a couple phasmas for us at the beginning. And I was able to get an opener from him. He got me one. And then there was a troop builder he was able to get me one of. I think it was a Royal Guard, if I remember right. Mm -hmm. It was a re-release from that last wave of the vintage. There was a lot of shared back and forth from the vintage line to that Walmart exclusive line. They had like the prototype Boba Fett, the Ponda Baba. They had a whole bunch. And then... When the vintage line came back, they carded a bunch of those figures like the Force Awakens wave that they put Phasma on a card. They put Kylo Ren on a card. They put Rey on a card. First Order Stormtrooper. Yeah. And again, I know a lot of collectors don't go to conventions. I mean, the majority of collectors don't go to conventions. You collect where you live and maybe they don't watch the panels online. But I do remember seeing a panel I believe at San Diego Comic-Con where the Hasbro team was up there and they were grateful to Walmart because they said the only way we are able to put these figures out is because Walmart agreed to distribute them as an exclusive. Otherwise, we wouldn't even have had Force Awakens three and three quarter inch figures. And they said it's a experiment because their corporate bosses saw nothing but red ink where three and three quarter inch figures were. And you remember that, Marjorie? Mm-hmm. And this was a way, it was a proving ground because the Hasbro brand team was saying, no, collectors like three and three quarter inch too. The Black Series was going gangbusters. 2015, Black Series six inch figures were the number one selling boys toys of the year. Not the three and three quarter inch, which they did have some. It was lesser articulated, but the six-inch figures were the number one boy's toy. And Hasbro Corporate didn't see any money for the three and three-quarter. The Walmart lines came along, and they did do several waves of those. And it said to Hasbro, okay, there's some money to be had here. And I remember it was 2016, and there was a huge swell of excitement when it was announced by Hasbro, the vintage collection is returning. It was going to return in what, 2018, they announced it a year and a half ahead of time. Wasn't that announced at Celebration, though, that it was returning? Okay, maybe it was Celebration. Yeah, it was Celebration, because I remember sitting in the room. Okay, yes. And that was the one where they put all everybody's childhood photos up? Yep, yep. Okay. 
And so Vintage Collection was coming back a year and a half later. And then, like you said, Jonathan, it was a re-release wave with a lot of figures that we'd already gotten before, like Ray and Kylo Ren and the First Order Stormtrooper. And the thought was people wanted them on vintage cards. The reality was people didn't necessarily want sequel collection figures as much as they wanted others because, again... That wave came out, and Supreme Leader Snoke was one of them, and they still have him at my GameStop. Oh, I, I saw him <laughs> two days ago at Target. He's still there. We're over two years away, and that wave created another issue with distribution because people didn't buy the wave. So there was not the support there for the wave. Well, don't you think that that was almost like a, a bait and switch? That if they had had a mix of existing sculpts, which I know that they wanted to get those out there to get them to people. And, and certainly a sculpt that you already have is going to be cheaper to put on a new card than coming up with a new sculpt. But wouldn't it make more sense to do – I think the only – as I recall, the only real vintage – I mean, when I say vintage type figure was the Rebel Hoth Trooper in that wave. And that was a repaint of a really old figure. <laughs> but it was still cool. And it had the card for that, you know, it had the original Empire card because they had released a Hoth Trooper earlier in the vintage, you know, the first release of the vintage collection that was billed as a Hoth Trooper. But it didn't have that same Hoth Trooper standing in front of the cannon that I remember from 1980 going to my local Toys R Us. Mm -hmm. That one hit me in the feels because, you know, that that was my childhood. But the rest of the line, it was kind of like, well, I said I wanted vintage, so I guess I'll buy it. But I wasn't excited by it. I'm going to come at it from the opener perspective, okay? And for me, when you put those on the cards again... It was a no-go for me because I had those figures already. I had collected them when they were doing them in the Black Series, and so there was no reason for me as an opener to go and rebuy those figures. So unless you put out a new figure that you hadn't done before, those were going to sit on the pegs if I, you know, if I was coming into the store. And yeah, lesson learned. In one of the interviews with us, they did say, I mean, you can go back to the Star Wars Action News archives. I can't remember if it was a celebration, San Diego. I, I remember what they say more than I remember exactly when they said <laughs> it to me. They all kind of blend together after a while, though. But you can go back, listen to all our archives and tell me where it was. But they said to me that they over-anticipated this. This was a misstep. It wasn't a intentional self-sabotage. But it was a way to keep the costs down on getting this line out. And one thing that Patrick has been very open about in every presentation is this line, to, in order to continue, because they were losing money on it. That's why they stopped it. In order to make it profitable, it has to be a mix of repackaged figures with some new figures mixed in. And so they started with repackaged Walmart figures and everybody kind of went... Yeah, no. And so now it's been very hard to find some of the others in stores again. I don't think I've ever seen too many other than Force Fridays of the newer figures that came out. The other difference was the new price point of these figures. They had jumped up to like $15 a figure at this point. The MSRP was still hitting 13. 12.99. Yep, they may have been higher at certain places like Toys R Us, but Hasbro was still trying to keep that cost the same. 
I just look at what are what are vintage figures selling for on Pulse right now? I believe they're twelve ninety nine. Okay. Usually I don't see them for that, but I think you know, Arnie, you said a little bit earlier that for a lot of people, ten dollars for a three and three quarter inch figure was a jumping off point, and I think that hurt the line as well. I completely agree. I think that was a psychological barrier as the price crept up, and that it just became too expensive. And we also hit a recession around that time. People's personal economics weren't doing as good. I think a lot of collectors jumped off when smaller figures became $13, $14. And then you fast forward to 2013, and while initially I don't think there was a bunch of buzz around the six-inch line, once it got out there and was released and people started finding it, it just took off. And now you're getting you know, a bigger figure that's a little bit more detailed for only eight bucks more. Or at that point, you know, if they were still ten dollars, you're you know getting them for ten dollars more, and you were getting a lot more detail, uh, and you could do a lot more with that figure. It was definitely better paint detail. It was definitely more articulation because you could fit it in. You could do things like toe articulation and things that you just couldn't get without looking bulky on a three and three quarter inch figure. And I think that if you take away the people who collected back in the day the three and three quarter inch scale is nostalgic to people our age because we bought it as kids but if you came into star wars even with the prequels let alone with the sequels i don't think you'd have an attachment to a smaller figure would you no not necessarily if you grew up with a different scale figure you wouldn't be as attached to those I agree completely. I mean, the big draw for the three and three quarter inch figures for me is the fact that that was the toy that I played with growing up. In my collection room, you have on one side my vintage figures, you know, from 78 to 85, you have, you know, all my vintage figures and ships and everything else displayed. And on the other side, you have the vintage collection because that is really nostalgic for me. But, you know, when you talk to my boys who, especially my, uh, my 14 year old, who's really into collecting, he is focused on the six inch because he just likes the look, the detail, the accessories, everything else so much more than the three and three quarter inch figures. And keep in mind, people younger than us, I remember in the 90s, the standard figure scale was five inches. Remember Mutant Ninja Turtles, which was the number one toy line in the early 90s? And those were five inch figures. And Toy Biz was doing Marvel figures that were five inch figures. It just, the as the price of plastics went back down, they were able to do bigger figures again. And then McFarlane came in with those larger figures. When Hasbro started the Power of the Force 2 line in 95, it was a throwback to see figures that small on the shelves. Yeah, and Arnie, another line that did extremely well in the 90s was the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and those were about five, five and a half inches. So those were uh, a little bit bigger than the three and three quarter inch too. Good point. So the reason I bring all this up is because the Vintage Collection has had a storied history. These figures have had trouble with sales for over 10 years now, really. If we go back to that Wedge figure, which was 10 years ago, and really the past seven years have been very, very difficult for three and three quarter inch collectors. So you'd think that, 
you know, they'd be so happy the line is coming back and happy that we're getting things like that new gonk droid that I think looks awesome. With the removable top, you can see the inner workings of the gonk. You can have some Jawas around like they're rewiring him. I, I like that idea. But on Fan First Friday, Hasbro did a live stream that I was appalled at the comments that were going during the live stream. Did either of you guys watch it live where they were revealing new figures that we talked about and the board game and the baby Yoda? I was not able to follow it live, but I certainly caught all the flack and all the ire that came out later. And I was able to watch it live. So while they were doing it, I was watching it. And I have to agree, Arnie, it was disgraceful, some of the comments that were being thrown around on there. And what they said at a near the end is that they're going to keep doing this. And they are trying to find new ways to engage with fans and to talk to fans because they realized, like we realize, not everyone can go to a convention. It used to be, if you have a question for Hasbro, what do you do? Well, go to a convention. Now, what do you do? Well, they're going to take these questions online. I remember it's been so long ago, but they used to do the weekly Q&As with the fan sites where fans could submit questions. Now, because of social media, you're able to submit your questions directly. And it's sad to me that they had to add the note, please don't fill them with profanity and personal insults. We won't even see those because the PR team will filter those out before they get to us. And that's ridiculous. This is a toy line. It's supposed to be fun. We're all in this together. And to attack the teams like that, it, it's it. I wouldn't want to. They're lucky that Hasbro even wants to talk to them anymore. Yeah, if that was happening during my live feed, I think I would just sign off and be done with it. And I'm like, all right, you know what? You just three strikes against the things that you guys are wanting because it's uncalled for. I just don't understand if, if you're that upset about a piece of plastic, maybe this isn't the right hobby for you. And maybe, maybe something like collecting stamps or, <laughs> you know, something easy and attainable that you can collect. Maybe not stamps. I mean, that's not it, but I mean, comments like, you guys are so out of touch with what people actually want. It's unbelievable. Yeah, the sales figures disagree. And that's the thing is Hasbro does not release exact sales figures. They release their stock reports, which I read when they come out and they discuss certain lines as being good and certain lines as being bad. And Star Wars Black Series has been a huge buoy for them in many a quarter, as has the Marvel Legends, also a six inch line. But I firmly believe it is a very vocal minority of people who are being rude. I didn't go through all 5,600 comments to find out if all the rude ones came from the same few people or not. But there were just so many. And as somebody who talks to these people face to face, I can tell you they know what they're talking about. And they know what they're doing. I'm pretty sure that Hasbro, which is a multi-million dollar company that has to answer to its stockholders and board of directors. It might even be a multi-billion dollar yes, company. Yes, yes. I mean, I, I they, basically, it's not like a mom and pop shop. I, I don't think that they are intentionally doing things that these people think are going to not make money. And they're not going to do something that doesn't make money to appease someone who's screaming at them and calling them all kinds of filthy names. But they're also ignoring those guys. They're not going to make something that's not going to make them a lot of money. They're in the business to make money. 
I understand we're collectors. I get that. And we'd all love like all these wonderful things. But collecting has evolved. Americans buying habits have evolved. Collectors have evolved. And it's not what it used to be. And you just got to kind of roll with the flow. You have to evolve yourself. Daryl Dupree said something to me once that stuck with me. It's easier to keep a collector than to bring back a collector. And they lost a lot of collectors when the vintage collection wasn't moving. And then when they just didn't have three and three quarter inch product out there, those die hard. I won't buy six inch figure people moved on. And so a lot of them didn't necessarily come back. And this is where it started with that live stream on Friday. And I have to say, it's really bothered me to see an ugly side of collecting fandom. The ugly side of fandom seems to rear its head way too often in the past few years. And that's its own topic. But when it comes to collecting, something we've covered for 15 years, I've spoken to Hasbro guys many times per year for 15 years. And it's not just the two on the camera. I mean, you guys attack the two on the camera. You guys meaning those specific people who were not, rude. not Chris not, and Jonathan, not Chris and Jonathan. And, or, me. and I don't think any of our listeners would do it. No. I really don't. But certain people attack them on the camera like those two are the monarchs of the Star Wars line with no supervision and that they can do whatever they want and that they sit there and are like, we just don't want to give those people three and three quarter inch figures. Ha ha ha. You know how Facebook works where you don't join groups, but people join you in groups? Like they can invite you to a group and suddenly you're in it and you don't know why? That happened to me. And I won't mention the name of the group. But the stuff that started coming up on my timeline after this weekend was forehead slapping. (laughs) And I just couldn't look away at the number of conspiracy theories and mental gymnastics these people were taking to believe a persecution complex around why they don't make more three and three quarter inch figures. I'm showing a meme here that actually did make me laugh from that group of Sith-eyed Anakin, I see through the lies of the Hasbro Council. As in, those people come out on a live stream from their own homes to talk about Star Wars product they're putting their careers and their hearts into, and you're just thinking, Yeah, you're just sitting there lying to us. You're full of crap. What motivation do they have to put out the six-inch series over the TVC? I mean, is it just they're grinding these guys' gears? Is that what they think? I mean, the only motivation is is what makes money. What do they think this motivation is? Are the guys at Hasbro, just poor Patrick, who's a super nice guy, have, like, this vendetta against, like, Joe Bob in Indiana, the little keyboard warrior type in a way? French Fry Guy 88? I mean, come on. Arnie, I have a question. What percentage of Star Wars buyers do you think are collectors compared to, you know, children? Well, I I think, Jonathan, now your kids are grown up now, pretty much. I mean... Teenagers. They're teenagers, yeah. So they're not the little boys that they used to be. And I, I think that's something from what I see in the toy aisle, at least, and maybe you can answer better because you, you have kids and they've recently been little. I think that they go from one thing to the other very quickly and they, it's all about games now, I think. I mean, I, I look at my nephew and, you know, he's all into the games and everything and he did a little side jaunt into 
making his own action figures because they didn't make him for the games that he played. But other than that, it's games. It's not a whole bunch of action figures. Well, my kids also grew up in a collecting household. So I think, Marjorie, you're absolutely right. My older son, Jonah, is probably more into games right now. He's 16. But my 14-year-old son, Caleb, he is still very much a collector. And as I mentioned earlier, he loves the the six-inch line. And he would rather spend his money, if he's buying figures, on the six-inch line than the three-and-three-quarter. I'm just trying to figure out why – I mean, Star Wars has always been kind of targeted at at kids and (laughs) kids at heart. So I don't understand why some of these collectors – get so just worked up over the fact that it's not exactly what they want. I don't think any line of anything, Star Wars or anything else, is going to be exactly everything that you want. I think you put in and you you try to, you enjoy it for what, what it gives you, not what you want it to be. And to try to answer your question, and I talk to the Hasbro guys about this a lot, because in the early days of our collecting, you know, of our collecting podcasts in 06, 09, that back then, they always said that they have to make kid-friendly toys, but they understood that there was a heavy collector component, and they didn't want to alienate collectors, which is why every year they allow us and many, many other fan sites to go to Toy Fair at their private exhibit and ask them questions is because they understand collectors are a big portion. Now, I do think over the course of the past 10 years, the pendulum has shifted. The five POA figures were what they were doing for the kids, and they realized that the highly articulated things, $20 action figures, $100 action figure box sets, aren't going to your average first grader. Yeah, I mean, to to that point, Arnie, when I go to the action figure aisle at my Walmart or Target now, I'm telling you, I don't see kids going down that aisle looking at those things. I see adults. I see people our age. I see people maybe a little bit younger than us. Those are the people going down there. Now, at Walmart, the Lego backs up to that, so it's on the other side. And if there are kids in that aisle, they're looking at the Lego stuff. But I don't see kids looking at a lot of action figures anymore. And to the point, I get the frustration that some people may have. But the bottom line is there's a better way to express that. You don't need to take it out on on those two guys up there that are given the presentation. And granted, like you said, there's a whole team of people behind them. I saw people commenting about the fact that these Lukes that they did in the San Diego pack are coming back out now on the cards. Well, I mean, I would think people would want them on the cards, but also for openers like me, I couldn't get the San Diego pack. So this is a way for me to get those too. I think you have to look at the big picture. And I understand you can be frustrated, you can want certain figures, but it's a toy line. Where are people's priorities at? 100% agreed, Chris. 100%. I do see some kids in the toy aisle. Honestly, I see them a lot with the role play stuff. I see them putting on the masks. I see them whipping lightsabers around at the cheap price point where you can play with them in the toy aisle. I see them asking for Jurassic Park dinosaurs. I don't see them scouring figure pegs, though. And I don't see them, you know, when I last went to a Walmart that I remember clearly doing a toy run for, I was getting like the gold figure two packs at Walmart and things. And I was going through all of those gold figures and looking for the Lando and looking for the Luke. 
And there were kids in those aisles. They weren't looking at anything Star Wars. So that was with the release of Rise of Skywalker right around the corner. Didn't I see you right after that? Yes, actually, I met you at a Starbucks <laughs> immediately after that. <laughs> I was a little late because I found a whole bunch of... Because you had a whole trunk full of them, and I'm like, I couldn't yes. believe you bought them. <laughs> I actually liked those. I thought they looked kind of cool, you know, for what they are. I think of James Bond. I think that they all made a James Bond villain very angry, but whatever. <laughs> but, you know, I, I agree with you, and I think, truthfully... I've talked to these guys so much and I have an interview coming up with them and I am really asking what I consider to be difficult questions that I don't know how much they can even get into answering about what will it take to get more three and three quarter inch figures? Because I know when we did that release day and announced all of those figures, all the different sites, there was only two vintage collection figures. And at Toy Fair, there was one vintage collection figure. And during the Fan First Friday, there was one vintage collection figure. And it was a repack, like you said, Chris, of that three-pack, the Stormtrooper Luke. And so I am going to continue to ask them, because I love three and three-quarter inch figures. Mainly because, yes, you get vehicles and things with them, and I like that. But I also like six-inch figures, and I didn't think I would. But I find them to be very cool, fun to pose. You get better detail. You get better faces. But I just kind of want to go through a few of the more common conspiracy theories I read. The first is, the vintage collection sells great. It sells better than the Black Series. Hasbro won't make vintage collection figures because the team has lost interest. Don't they just, I mean, I understand for some people it's like a labor of love. I get that. But do they think that they're like, yeah, I don't want to make those anymore. I, you know, I know they make a lot more money, but I just don't want to make them. Yeah, the idea that any company like that would just leave money on the table is asinine. Especially a company that deals closely with Disney. Yeah, I think you guys know me pretty well. And I would consider myself at some points to be a little bit of a neurotic collector, right? But at no point am I going after people or, or making, you know, comments of this nature. Everything is sales guided. And Arnie, you and I have had this discussion off air several times talking about different figures, kind of a point counterpoint conversation. And everything is business driven. And sometimes the business isn't where we want it to be, but that's what they've got to do. They've got to go where the business is. And the fact that they say it sells better than the Black Series, I looked at some of their anecdotal evidence. And one <laughs> is that there was that vintage collection book that kickstartered that some great people were working on. Daryl and David Myatt and some others are putting together. I certainly kickstarted that book and I can't wait to get it. And one of the pieces of evidence is that went so far above its goal that was needed for a book. It had about 1,200 backers. So 1,200 hardcore three and three quarter inch collectors out there wanted a book. There's a difference between a one-time output of money for something that doesn't take up a lot of space versus a hobby you have to work at and spend a lot of money on and be frustrated because there's no product. Fig when they make a figure, how many do you guess they make? They've never released that number. But how many do you just guess? each individual new figure each individual figure 
I mean, I know what it costs to tool something, you know, to sculpt it and then get that piece made. It would have to sell at least a quarter of a – I mean, they'd have to make at least a quarter of a million to make that mold worth it. I mean, to look at what I always go back to as the only time they really released a number was the Target-exclusive Lava Reflection Vader, which was only a repaint. It did not have new sculpting. And they did 32,000 of that. And that was a really low number. And I remember asking Steve Evans when they were backing the barge and they added the yak face. Remember, that was not initial. They said later on, oh, you're going to get the special carded yak face. And I said, if you hit your goal, will that be the most rare figure you've ever produced? I mean, only 8,000. And the team looked at each other and is like, yeah, that's less than our San Diego Comic-Con exclusives by a lot. So you got to look at even the exclusives, which are often repacks and things, are still tens of thousands of figures that they're making there. Tens of thousands of packages. You got 1,100 people back in a book <laughs> and you're using that as justification for why... 50,000 people to 100,000 people aren't buying the figures that are needed to be bought. And then let's look at the sale barge, though. I mean, they did that barge, and it was successful with over 5,000 backers. That's how many they need. I think it ended with like 8,000 and some. They needed 5,000 to make that. They got 8,000 people. Now, this is a hugely expensive item, and then again, they may not have gotten 8,000 people. Because some people did buy them to resell. You heard of the one guy who ordered 20, theoretically. I don't know if that's true or an urban legend. <laughs> I know I bought two just because I wanted two yak faces. One to keep on card and one to be able to open for that exclusive cup. So when you look at completists, if they're three and three quarter inch completists who had to have this and had the means to have this, that number is 8,000 people. And you've got to sell, what, fifty to 100,000 figures? So I don't think they're right. I don't think the vintage collection sells better. And somebody pointed out the memberships of Blacks. If you look at Instagram and you look at hashtags, there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Black Series photos hashtagged. And tens of thousands of vintage collection <laughs> figures hashtagged. Maybe it's the age difference. Another... Wonderful conspiracy theory. Hasbro wastes money making other lines, like the chip clip line, or that new ship line or that they're doing. Or what about that new scale? Yeah, the five-inch figures. Yeah. And that money needs to go to the vintage collection. Okay. Because they don't have a whole marketing department that goes out there, does research, does surveys talking to the people that buy these things to they they don't they would not outlay that kind of money unless they were relatively sure it would sell the other thing is and go back this is in our toy fair episode from 2020 because i asked that specific question i felt like i knew but i don't ever want to guess when i'm talking about things like this i asked sam is that true do you have a bucket of money for star wars and when you try a five inch line or you try some chip clips, or you try... I gotta laugh at the chip clips, I'm sorry. I mean, or you try a new line of vehicles in one and a half inch scale figures. Is that money that's being taken away from Black Series? 
or taken away from vintage collection? Is it this big pool, like, you know, the Monopoly man who runs Hasbro comes down and gives you a bucket of money and you figure out where to spend it? The answer is absolutely not. These are all different market segments and every line has its own budget based upon the line's performance. And yes, they're going to try new things to try to keep kids engaged. Because guess what? If you don't engage kids, we ain't getting any younger. So you do not want the Star Wars fandom to die with Gen X. You need Gen Y, Gen Z to be buying these toys. So they're going to try things to bring in those kids. And it's not that they're making less vintage collectors figures because of it. If they didn't do it, they maybe they'd try a different line of My Little Ponies or something, but they're not looking at, you know, you're not robbing Peter to pay Paul when it comes to Star Wars toy lines. Do these people not have any understanding of how businesses work? I mean, do they think that the president of Hasbro is standing there with just like dollar bills and they have to fight for it like stock market? Like, is that what they think is going on? I don't and- know, but you've given me a wonderful image of some businessman making it rain for Patrick for yeah. Black Series. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do they, do they think that like... The G.I. Joe guys are, like, tackling the Star Wars guys so that they can get their money for the budget each year? I mean... Funding cage match, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it does sound kind of fun, but... Jeez. Now, another one is Hasbro intentionally handicaps. That's the word they used. The three and three quarter inch line so they can sell more six inch figures because six inch figures cost more so they make more money. That doesn't even make sense. Do they understand how math works? Well, I think Hasbro's has been pretty clear in Q&As that, that there's not that much difference between a TVC figure and a Black Series figure. And actually, the cost is more expensive on the TVC figure. So you've got to look at that profits are smaller when they sell a vintage collection figure. Like you say, to scale it down that size it costs a little bit more. And then, yeah, they're selling it for less, and it's not a whole lot less. To me, the $6 difference, $7 difference is pretty negligible between a Black Series figure and a three and three quarter inch figure. But you've got to sell in order to get the funding to make new sculpts. I mean, it's not a nonprofit here. They're not going to take 100% of the profit and put it back into the line, but they're going to take some of the profit and put it back into the line for the number of new sculpts. And this is why Patrick is saying we have to have repacked figures because we have to sell figures that cost us very little to keep the line profit high enough that we can continue to make expensive new figures at all. And I firmly believe if the three and three quarter inch line sold better, and I don't know how to make that happen because I don't find them at stores and they do seem to sell out at a lot of online retailers. Some, not all. I did get some on clearance, but if they made more money, there'd be more figures. Okay. But I'd also like to point out, you said clearance now. And I think that for the first time in our joint collective history, we've been collecting together for 20 years now. The amount of Star Wars stuff on clearance is unbelievable. It's probably cumulative to all the other years. I mean, everything goes on clearance now. So there's a few factors. Is it overproduced? Some of it probably, yes. I think that 
people younger than us don't collect. Like, we have to have tangible items in our generation. A couple generations behind us, they don't want the baggage. So you have less people collecting, more items produced, and I don't think that the new movies roped in new collectors. And I don't think it rejuvenated any old collectors that left the hobby. So I think you've got a bunch of factors here. And the fact that it's hitting clearance so often, I think there's a lot of people waiting for clearance. And I, I know there is people getting angry on the internet over people who are waiting for clearances because they claim they're sinking the line. Yep, that's my fourth is buy everything at full price or you are responsible for the death of the vintage collection. And here's the thing. I get that. Hasbro has said it to me. We need people to buy this if they want us to make more. And that's the case. And I paid full price for the BB-8 playset when The Last Jedi came out. Remember that? It was kind of a Death Star-ish playset. It was like a First Order base that did have a throne room for Snoke and whatnot. And I wanted playsets. So I went out and I spent $200 on Force Friday on a BB-8 playset. 200 bucks. That was 100. 200 bucks. Oh, man. I hope you regret that. I didn't because I was supporting the line until I bought my second one. I got that for a song. $50. No, no, no. I Didn't I get it for less than that? Because I had a $10 gift card, too. Okay. Oh, no. I saw one of those, I think, right before the new year at like a Burlington Coat Factory for 20 Ouch. Yeah, I saw them at TJ Maxx for 25 But the thing is, is let's take the big Millennium Falcon, for example, here. In 2008, when they released it, do you guys remember how, about how much it was? 150 A couple of years later for the Vintage line, they re-released it. It was a Toys R Us exclusive. Do you remember what it jumped up to? Was it 200 or 250 It was 250 as I recall. And they ended up clearancing them, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> now, if you go look on the secondary market for those things, they're talking, I mean, for a boxed one, six, seven, eight hundred dollars $800. It's absolutely insane. And now I've heard rumors that they're thinking about bringing that ship back. And I've heard people talk that if that comes back, it's going to be a $500 item. At least. There's just no way that financially responsible people can spend that kind of money the same way. No, you know what? Financially responsible people can spend that money. I mean, I collect sideshow statues. Those are $500, $600. I'm not financially irresponsible. Okay, I apologize. But I take it as a large expense. And what nobody's going to do, no retailer is going to try to sell $500 Millennium Falcons. Walmart is not going to say, oh, sure, let's devote a huge chunk of shelf space to an item most of our customers can't or won't afford. Well, interesting, a little sidebar here real quick. There's a really interesting CNBC documentary they did a number of years ago highlighting and following people that tried to introduce products in Walmart and how it's basically a bloodbath to even get a product on a Walmart shelf and how you have to sacrifice your profits or the quality to get an item on the Walmart shelf. So that's also something else that happens. Target's the same way, though. I mean, you're not going to sell a $500 item. If you did this... You would have to have some kind of sweetheart deal with an Entertainment Earth or somebody like that 
maybe Amazon. Maybe Amazon would take this kind of a gamble. But I think if you bring that back, you just has lab the damn thing. Well, okay, but then the other thing, make it an internet exclusive, but how much does that cost to ship? And places like, I mean, Amazon's going to roll that into the cost to absorb, you know, absorb that. Because, you know, if you're Prime, they ship everything for free, but isn't free for them to ship. They consider that in the price. That's why I think, you know, with the new Slave 1 that's coming out, which is a slightly repainted repack of the old and repackaged of the old one didn't they jump the price oh a huge amount was it's close to double right yeah yeah it went from 70 to 150 i think yeah i would love to get that new slave one even though i have the old one because i love the packaging but i sit there and go you know what i have a daughter going to college next year i've got two younger sons you know activities and everything else yeah, I want it, but if I can get it for a little bit cheaper, I'm going to. I mean, Arnie, weren't we talking up earlier about the uh, Poe X-Wing? Yeah, and this is what hit me, is after buying the $200 playset and realizing that I'm basically, you know, I believe in voting with your dollars. I really do. If you don't like something, don't buy it. I stopped buying comic books entirely because I didn't like where the stories were. I voted with my dollars. I don't know that it made any difference. But when I bought the skiff that just came out to go with my barge, and I wanted two of them, and I bought them at full price for 40 a piece, and then I saw and got a third one at Walmart for $15, I felt like an idiot. At what point do I realize this multi-billion dollar corporation is not my private charity case? <laughs> the same you know, thing with those Jabba palaces. Yes. Those, remember, everybody was scrambling for those things at full price, which I believe was around 40 And I picked up a whole bunch for other people in the Swan community for 13 couple of weeks ago. Another good example of that, let's rewind a couple of years to the Rogue One tank, which I happily at that time paid the full $80 price tag for. Fast forward now, you could find them for 20 25 bucks. And what about that first order TIE fighter? That was, what, 150 initially because it was a huge, nice, big vehicle. And I bought my first one at that. And I bought my second one at 50 I mean, at what point am I the idiot for giving them my money first? Now, admittedly, this is signs of a problem. It's signs that they're making really cool things that aren't selling. But... I'm not going to plunk down $110 for a snowspeeder based upon the line history that I'm going to be able to get that snowspeeder for 75 or less if I wait a few months. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, it's tough because I'm like you. I want to support the line and I'm willing to pay if it's something I want. But at the same time, I've bought things at full price only to later find it at a reduced price and think to myself, well, that's more money I could have had to collect something else. To your point, Arnie, I actually bought one of those skiffs at full price, had a second one ordered, but found one at Walmart for 15 So I canceled the one I had ordered and picked up the second one for 15 so I could have two of them for my display. But you have to be smart about it. I mean, you know, if you know, based on the history, that you can get something by playing what we like to call the long game, you're going to play the long game because those dollars that you spend in the collecting world, they're not unlimited. You know, we don't have an unlimited budget either. So there's a balance there. And I think that balance is off, whether things are not priced appropriately or 
they're not the things we were looking for, or just the cost of things has become prohibitive, which works into the point of the whole conversation. I think that the balance is off. Also, it's a, I mean, Chris, you and I both know this. It's a space issue. We have some of these things, and I'm not going to spend $200 for something that won't fit in the space I have, but maybe I'll pay 75 and, you know, switch it in and out. The price sometimes is secondary for me to what I can do with it. I hear you there. And I do want to say I buy every figure at full price because I order by the case. And in fact, I end up with a lot of figures I don't want because I order by the case. And sometimes I don't like those case ratios. And I end up having to buy like three cases because I want three of a specific troop and I end up with like seven X-Wing Luke's staring at me. So <laughs> I'm supporting the line. I do not go to bed at night feeling bad, but I also think that every collector should be smart with their money. The reason we do this show, our mission statement that is at the beginning of every show is helping Star Wars collectors collect better. And you're not collecting better if you're throwing good money after bad. Couldn't have said it better. Completely agree. So I want everyone who has these conspiracy theories, I really want you to just go to your local community college and take a business course. That's <laughs> what I would, that would you know. <laughs> the old song, I'd like to buy the world a Coke. I'd like to buy the world a business class. But... Other than that, continue to ask for what you want. Continue to be vocal with the Hasbro team so they know the fans are out there. But realize how you're vocal will determine how you're received. And if you're abusing them and blaming them and thinking that they are personally somehow depriving you of toys, and let's put it in perspective, we're talking toys I'm not going to get into the COVID death toll, but we're talking toys. So a little perspective goes a long way. How do you know that someone hasn't died from lack of vintage collection toys? <laughs> I mean, maybe we need to do a daily update every day and do a press conference about how many people are dying from this. <laughs> I just want people to enjoy the hobby. I've said this before. If you're not enjoying a hobby then that's not a hobby. That That's an obsession, and you need, you need to find another hobby. Hobbies are there to be enjoyed. And yes, sometimes it can be a little frustrating. Sometimes it's hard for me because I'm looking at how much I'm going to have to spend to complete my white box six-inch Black Series collection, and I don't want to spend that money on that Manto figure. However, you can sell some of those extra figures that you got and pay for it. I mean, don't ever go into debt for this. Mm -mm. Pay your bills, guys. Pay your bills, feed your family, take care of your loved ones. I loved that somebody on our Facebook page, I think it was, quoted something I said years ago. I'd rather pay $500 for something when I have $500 than to spend money I don't have and pay 18, 28% interest on a credit card when that item was $200 and I didn't have the $200. Mm -hmm. Sound advice then, sound advice now. I stand by that. Don't go into debt for your collecting. I get that the barge was a once in a lifetime opportunity. So, you know, people do what you have to do. Be smart about it though, is the thing. You gotta, if you do that, you at least have to have a budget where you're gonna pay that off and not just, pay the minimum credit card and let the bank basically own you. You know, consumer debt is, 
that's a different podcast if I want to go political. Consumer debt's a cancer, though. But and here's my question, though. Do these people think that, like, Pastor's going home after a long day of the in the Pawtucket, Rhode Island, Star Wars office and going, Honey, guess what I did today? I, once again, am not making vintage collection figures. And then they laugh like Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. <laughs> a little perspective goes a long way. There's a lot of things in this world to be upset about, and maybe people are channeling that anger. It's a scary time right now, and maybe people are taking that out on the wrong people. Just bake a loaf of bread like everyone else. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to see Hasbro continue these Q&As, and they're not going to if all they get is called four-letter words. And, you know, these people... I feel bad for them because I spend a lot of time talking to them face to face about stuff other than Star Wars, you know? It's like, these are human beings that don't deserve this, and I think they're doing what they can do in the confines of what their superiors let them do to get us cool toys. Would I like more three and three quarter? You bet I would. Am I going to do what I can to support that? You bet I am. But... Am I going to shake my fist at, you know, old man yells at cloud because I'm not getting the three and three quarter inch, 20, 30, 40, a hundred of them a year? No, I'm happy that they're still making them, honestly. And I'm not saying we should be thankful. It's a company. Again, it's not a charity and we're not their charity. We shouldn't be like, oh, thank you, Hasbro, for a power droid, unless we really like that power droid. But I just think a little bit of perspective could go a long way in this hobby. To be honest, I am thankful for what we're getting from the the vintage line lately because I think pretty much consistently in the past several waves, the figures have been great. I've really liked the quality and, uh, and the detail in these figures. And if that means that I get a few of them, but they, they keep at that level of quality, I'm okay with that. Look, they're still trying to get these out there for the collectors. And I said it before, and I think it bears repeating, is that it's all about how you approach it. I understand you can be frustrated, and that's fine. But there's a way to go about it, and there's a way not to go about it. I get frustrated from time to time, but you have to approach it the right way. And what's the old saying? You catch more flies with honey than with vinegar and that's exactly what's going on here if you guys like this line and you want to see more then express that in a positive manner i'm sure that they know behind the scenes that people want more vintage i don't think that they're sitting back there going oh man you know we're just not going to put out vintage because you know we're sticking it to you (laughs) that's not what's going on guys and whether you're nice to them or mean to them I don't think you're going to get more or less three and three quarter inch figures based on that. What you're going to get more or less three and three quarter inch figures based on is how many they sell. And that includes the repacks. Again, I'm ordering by the case. So I'm ordering a lot of repacked figures. Now, admittedly, they have photo reel deco updates and things, and that's awesome. But I am ordering a lot of repacked figures, which they need to keep the line alive at all. But I do have an interview with them, and they never answer, will you make blank? So I've got, you know, I, I have you have to submit your questions in advance. I've submitted my questions, and two of them are basically go into detail on why we don't have more three and three quarter inch figures and what we can do or what are what can the world do? What is the perfect storm that must occur to get more three and three quarter inch figures? 
I am an advocate for you if you're a three and three quarter inch vintage collection collector. I want that damn Sim Alu that I was promised in 2007 when they put out those two Imperial dignitaries and said, we'll put out all the others with different heads on the same body. And then those figures peg warm, so we never got them. I am with you because I want to see the Rise of Skywalker people in vintage collection and Black Series. So when I am out there talking to Hasbro, I am constantly advocating for the vintage collection because I have the nostalgic feelings for it that you guys do. Well, I don't think it's working. Have you tried calling them? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't tried that tag. Yeah, I mean, maybe you should just be a jerk. Apparently... That wouldn't work better. That's what yeah. I'm saying is I'm out there and they know. They hear it. They read the forums. They know people want these figures. They're not jerks who just aren't doing it. So They're actually super nice guys. So it's really hard when I see people ripping them apart because they are very nice people. All the people on the Star Wars brand team I've ever dealt with, 99% of them are the nicest people I've ever dealt with. You know what? I know this might have gotten a little dour a little deep this is may the 4th it's a day to celebrate star wars i i hope everybody does i hope if you didn't like a, a certain movie you don't focus on that today if you're not getting all the figures you want maybe don't go on a rant about it today maybe look at the stuff that's coming out and find something you are excited that's coming another thing arnie i mean i know you like me collect the actual vintage figures as well Correct? Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people out there doing some amazing things with those vintage style figures, making customs that are phenomenal. I've been collecting a line basically of unproduced toys from the Ewoks and droids line and i know not everybody collects those but i think those those are fun because again they're they're kind of hitting me in the feels of you know what i collected when i was younger and fans have done some amazing things with both current and vintage lines so you know if you don't like everything that is coming out or you want more probably want more there are still other things you could do hey get into customizing yourself Take those extra figures that Arnie's getting in his cases and do something different with them. I agree completely. And you know what I look at this as? Okay, so they're not putting out 100 figures a year like they did in 2005. Admittedly, the figures cost more than double what they cost in 2005. But say you're spending 400 a year, 600 a year buying cases like I do. And if they put out the waves like they used to, you might have been spending 2000 a year. Okay, you've got 1500 extra expendable dollars there. Are you missing some of the figures that came out before? Maybe they are expensive. Maybe they're 150 on eBay. Maybe you need the salacious crumb and the mouse droid from that San Diego Comic-Con Death Star set, and that goes for 2000 Put your money towards it. Backfill. Go start a truly vintage-carded collection of AFA-graded figures. I mean... You've got expendable income if you're shaking your hand and cursing at people. You're not taking my money fast enough. There's other things you can do. I would hope every single person cursing at them owns every action figure from 1995 to now and doesn't have a hole in that collection if they're complaining that they're not getting them fast enough. But there's a lot of other things you can do to supplement that collection. I've gotten into customizing. I like it. We talk about customizing. It's something that I want to get more into. It's a lot of fun. I mean, I'm basically a kit basher. 
But some of the stuff I see online, when I go to Yak Face and see some of those customs, they're they're incredible. So, well, Arnie, thank you for uh, letting us come on and share our thoughts. It's been a while, but I forgot how much I enjoy talking toys with you guys. Yeah, it has been a while since you've been on the show, and it is always fun. And you know, you guys are welcome anytime. Thanks, Arnie. It's always a blast to be here. Really appreciate it. So thanks for Jonathan and Chris for joining us. And now here's that interview we talked about with Hasbro. Now this interview was done. It was a group interview with us and several other sites done through Google Hangouts. And we want to thank Hasbro and their public relations team for letting us do that. But unlike the previous times they've done that, we've been told we can't use either the video or the audio from that recording. So what we've done is Brock and Andrew, a couple of our co-hosts on the show here, are going to be playing the parts of Patrick and Eric. So the words you're going to be hearing are transcribed from our interview with Hasbro, word for word, what they said, but you just won't be hearing their specific voices because we can't use that audio. So here is that interview. My name's Patrick Schneider. I'm the Senior Brand Manager for Star Wars Fan Business from the marketing side. Thanks so much for being with us. Really appreciate it. My name's Eric Frainer. I'm an Associate Product Designer on Star Wars, mainly focusing on the Black Series. Hope you guys were able to tune in to the live stream on Friday, and hope you guys enjoyed that. Good morning, guys. Thanks for doing this interview. Absolutely. So with the current COVID crisis, I read Hasbro employees were told not to work at the office. Plus, I see in the news stories about manufacturing delays and shipping delays, not for Hasbro, but for all products manufactured overseas. In the short and long term, how will this impact the Star Wars toy line? So I'd say first and foremost, we've honestly been really happy and really grateful. Hasbro's been great during this time. Like, I think that they've made some great decisions in terms of supporting the employees, supporting the whole workforce, doing some great things with the community. So I've never been prouder to be a Hasbro employee. And, and that's honestly, truly sincere. I think, I think Hasbro's kind of really committed and will continue to support families all around the world, families and fans, especially kind of during this crazy time. That being said, we had conversations leading up to our fan celebration several weeks ago and, and leading up to the Pulse Fan First Friday. And obviously those events had been in our plans and we were like, should we keep them? Should we not? And obviously there were kinds of thoughts on both sides. And, and in the end, our feeling was that, you know, just because we're in this current situation doesn't mean people aren't looking for a kind of joy and happiness and things to get excited about. And so we decided to move forward with those events. And honestly, we were glad that we did. We we got great reaction from the fans. We've had great results from the items that we revealed and pre-ordered. So we're really excited about that. You know, honestly, I wish I knew what the next few months could hold. I'd be a rich man, but we're basically moving forward, you know, as much as possible. And we fully hope and expect to deliver kind of everything that we plan to deliver, both from product and events. It might be in a slightly different form, but we know that we've got a lot of great things planned in terms of product and events, and we're excited to bring those to you in any way possible. With the cancellation of SDCC 2020 due to California's social distancing restrictions, is there a chance that planned Hasbro exclusives may still find their way into collectors' hands through another avenue like Hasbro Pulse? 
Now, obviously, we were bummed by the cancellation of SDCC, but that being said, we obviously were fully supportive and agreed that it was the right decision for that period of time in July, and we were appreciative that the SDCC team made that hard decision because it was in the best interest of safety of fans and, and companies like Hasbro. So we were bummed, but we totally agree with the decision. In terms of products, obviously, we haven't revealed any SDCC exclusives yet, but we've done them in the past, so theoretically, if we were to do them this year, you know, we're, we're talking about it and we're discussing maybe having SDCC virtually in terms of products, in terms of news and reveals. So we're having those discussions. We're going to come back with news in the coming weeks and months, and I'm sure hopefully fans will be excited. But certainly any products that we would have done for SDCC, we will definitely find a use for them. We will get those out to the fans who would love to have them. On the Fan First Friday video, you announced the Han Solo and Carbonite was coming to the Empire Strikes Back 40th Anniversary Collection. Now, that was only available as an accessory back with the 2013 SDCC and Celebration Germany exclusive set. And the brand team back then said it was going to stay exclusive. And it did for seven years. But what changed that? And why release it now? Basically, with this figure, we heard the demand for this figure. Obviously, he's very important to the 40th anniversary of The Empire Strikes Back. It's a huge scene in that movie, and we knew that it was important to get him into the 40th for The Empire Strikes Back. And since he hasn't been available since 2013 in San Diego Comic-Con, not a whole lot of people were able to get that with it being seven years old and it being an SDCC exclusive. We felt it was important to get him back out there to the wider market so that more people could gain access to that figure, especially since he's so important to The Empire Strikes Back. It was just a pivotal moment in that movie and a big scene that relates to a lot of different kinds of figures, so it's something we felt was the perfect opportunity to get him back out there. And just one quick other note, you know, as I'm sure you've seen, this item is available for pre-order. It's a lower SRP than our normal figures, and that's because it's not the same as an action figure. So just like we have some figures that are higher deco, soft goods, and so those have to be a little more expensive, this one's a little less expensive. Well, to build off of that, last year's SDCC-exclusive retro-colored Black Series Boba Fett has been a difficult to impossible figure for many of our listeners to get their hands on. It's sold out in a blink on Pulse, and now that you're doing similar styling on Forlom and Zuckus, is there a chance that the Boba Fett could see a re-release, either at regular retail or through some other channel? That's another good question. It's interesting. Again, we, we talk a lot about balance, and I think that it's that same balance of you know, for fans who bought these at conventions wanting to make that special. You know, I, I've said our ideal for kind of all our items, including those convention exclusives, is that we will produce the exact number that fans will want. But we're also aware if you produce too much, then obviously that has kind of negative repercussions that we know. And it makes it honestly less exciting and less special for fans if they buy a SDCC exclusive and then there it is sitting up on Pulse for weeks and months. So we try to avoid that as well. Boba Fett obviously did really well. There were actually good volumes up on Pulse, and I think they just sold through very quickly. But as we talked about earlier, that Han and Carbonite that we revealed on the live stream was obviously pulled in from a 2013 SDCC exclusive. So there's definitely that precedent, something that we could see in the future, again, if the demand is there. 
Some figures recently, including the newly announced Yoda and Luke Black Series 2-pack, come with alternate heads and hands. Will there be more of this going forward in the Black Series? That pack in particular is at the deluxe price point, especially with it being a two-pack. In deluxe price points and items like that where we have a higher SRP, we will see more things like that moving forward. Obviously, it's a case-by-case -case basis where, if it makes sense, what all comes in that deluxe pack. There are certain figures, there are certain characters that don't lend themselves well to alternate heads or accessories like that. But it's something that, at least on our end, as we have more money to play with, it's something that we would like to see more of. But it's definitely a case-by-case -case basis. But with things like that, where it's a deluxe 2-pack, we try to put in as much value into it as possible, especially to justify that higher price point. And with that Luke Yoda set, how do you manage to balance the Luke figure on one hand? And can we set Yoda on his foot, like in the film? A lot of that has to come from Luke being packed with that flat hand and making sure he could support him there, having a really strong joint at that point so the hand doesn't flop around or have issues with supporting the weight of the character. He does actually stand upside down, like I said, during the live stream. We wanted to make sure when we took that photograph of him on there, we wanted to make sure it's completely unassisted. We wanted to make sure that you could actually do that. Every single stage that we had that figure through the various production cycles, we made sure we could do that at least once. I think at one point, me and the engineer and the sculptor had all three of ours standing up in the handstand pose. It does take some effort. It's all about trying to find that balance. And obviously, if you look at the photo, you can see the orientation that the legs have to be in in order to balance him on his hand. We actually have not tried to balance Yoda on his foot. Theoretically, you should be able to do it if you find the right position, but obviously, like, we haven't tried that, so we don't know. We'd love to see if you guys can. I think it would be awesome to be able to see that photo. We were mainly focused on trying to see if just he could do the handstand, and it does take some effort to get him into that stand, but he can do it unassisted. Yeah, I think when we revealed that, I, I think in the photos there was some disclaimer that some assistance was needed. That's purely referring to the effort that goes into it. Those photos, there was no glue, there was no wax, there was no anything. It just required the effort and skill of Eric and his team. I'm pretty confident that I would need to use the force to get Luke in the same pose, but, uh, but you all and your readers are more talented than I am. And speaking of Black Series accessories... We've discussed in the past a possibility of figure stands coming back for Black Series figures. Is that something that could happen in the near future? When it comes to stands, it's definitely something we try to do. We had it in the Clone Commander Obi-Wan Kenobi figures, so it was kind of that wedge stand. So it's something we would like to be able to look into going forward. I know that the Marvel team has done a lot with stands, so it's something that we would look to that team to see what their successes with stands are, like how they're doing it. We work very closely with them. Back when we were in the office, we sat right down the hall from them, so we're able to interact with them pretty regularly, pretty much every day. So there's lots of learnings there to be able to take from the Marvel team for those stands. 
It's something we would like to be able to see out in the line. There is a tooling investment there, and a lot of times we try to aim more towards movie-accurate accessories so you can pose out your figures with and be able to kind of play out the movie scene. But we know that, obviously, stands are something that are important, especially when you get into characters like Jedi, and to be able to pose out those figures for photography and stuff. We're so close to having a complete Rebels crew in the Black Series 6-inch line. When will Zeb be coming? So we have heard a lot of demand for Zeb. Zeb is obviously an awesome-looking figure. He's really cool-looking. He would definitely make for a cool-looking figure. We can't comment on anything that hasn't been announced yet and anything that we haven't shown yet, but it's something we are very aware of. I think I've been asked this question at every convention I've been to. So it's something we are actively very aware of. It's something we would like to see in the line, but obviously can't comment much on it at the moment. The only thing I'll add there is we are on the public record. I think Steve Evans, our design director, then said at 2017 HasCon that we would do the entire Rebels crew at some point. So we're still committed to that at some point. We're going to complete that crew, and it'll be a great day when it does, and I can retire at that point. <laughs> Given that two years in a row, the retro collection has been an instant sellout, are there any plans to expand the line with maybe creatures, playsets, or other toys from the vintage Kenner line? That's interesting. Uh, we've been super excited about the retro collection. It, it seems to have kicked off a little trend of bringing back these figures from our youth, so we've loved seeing the reaction of fans to both the Up 4 version and the Up 5 one this year, and, and honestly, we had originally intended it for more casual fans, hitting that nostalgia throwback trend, but we've seen hardcore fans love it as well, so we've been really excited about that. Obviously, we always say we can't reveal anything that's not already revealed, but you know, that that's an awesome idea. You know, if the retro collection continues in the future, it's definitely something we can explore. One thing we would want to make sure is that, you know, one of the things that makes the retro collection cool is those sculpts and that styling is so different from what figures look like today. We just have to look at if the same thing is true for vehicles or creatures. I'm thinking vehicles especially since those are easier to tool panels. There might not be as many differences from vehicles today, so it might not be as meaningful, but, but it's a cool idea. It's something we've talked about, and it's something you may see in the future. With the return of the Clone Wars cartoon on Disney+, Plus, is there a chance of Hasbro making new 3 and 3 quarter inch Clone Wars figures based on the Season 7 designs, like the previous animated style figures that were released in 2008 to 2013, that original Clone Wars line. That's a really interesting idea, too. We know that those Clone Wars figures were really well-received in the past, and they are honestly really cool-looking. I know I had a couple in my office kind of sitting there from those previous collections. So it's something we'd definitely like to consider moving forward. We can't specifically comment on any figures that haven't been released yet. We're constantly listening to feedback in the fan community and working hard to bring figures to shelves that we think fans will be excited about. So if there are things like this, we do go into the forums. We do read comments. We try to collate all of those to kind of have the ammo to bring back to our team and our management to say things like, Hey, this particular figure, this particular line is getting a lot of support online. This is something that our fans obviously want. Anything that we can get in terms of ammo to bring back and say, look, this is the actual request for these. 
Anything like that can help. So if there is something you guys would like to see, definitely comment on it. Let us know. I think it's something that I think would be really cool and we'd potentially like to see in the future. During your Fan First Friday presentation, I'm sure you guys saw the flood of comments, some more polite than others. Star Wars collectors grew up on three and three quarter inch figures and want more new versus smart repack vintage collection figures per year. There's all types of theories floated as to why the line has as few new figures annually as it does. Can you speak to the actual reasons why the three and three quarter inch figure releases are so scaled back compared to the heyday of 10 years ago? So leading it off a few things I always try to say in questions around the vintage collection. We continue to hear rumors about the vintage collection's demise. I have literally no idea where those started. Those are not true. I feel the need to say this in every interview to tamp down those rumors. The vintage collection is fully in our plans as far out as we're planning the line. So I just want to put that out there. I've said it before and I've gotten some pushback on it, but we do really love both scales. I mentioned this on the live stream and it's true. Like the vintage collection is my favorite expression. I love the Black Series as well. Eric's a big fan of that, but I love it for all the reasons I detailed on the live stream. This means that I'm also on the record as saying the figure I most want to see next in the Black Series is Joris Chaboth from Heir to the Empire, and I'm not breaking any news to say that that's not coming anytime soon. So there's kind of that personal fandom piece, and then there's what's the right direction to do for the business. Uh, at this point, you're right, the vintage collection in terms of numbers is not what it was 10 years ago. All I can say to that is the levels of vintage collection and Black Series basically reflect what we're seeing in the market. That being said, obviously we know we hear the comments that the Black Series gets stuff that the vintage collection doesn't, and that's true. It does happen a little bit in the other direction as well, not as much as in the first direction, but we, we were really excited, obviously, a couple months ago to reveal and announce the, and bring to market the Imperial Troop Transport for the Vintage Collection. Obviously, the Black Series didn't get that, and that gets to one of the cool things about the Vintage Collection is that you can do vehicles like that. Obviously, that has a great history, and we're excited to bring that to the Vintage Collection. The Vintage Collection got some Rise of Skywalker items before the Black Series did, so it does go to some extent in both directions. Uh, but we're always evaluating it, and basically what we say is, you know, tell us what you think in the comments and at conventions, but also at the end of the day, vote with your wallets. And if we see that demand, we'll bring more to the Vintage Collection. Sorry to keep hitting you with the Vintage Collection questions, but I, to follow up on that previous question, what would need to transpire for the Vintage Collection line to return to putting out 50 to 75 newly sculpted or retooled figures per year like was done 10 years ago? So a few things. First, uh, never apologize for the questions. Uh, we've said this to you guys in the past. We've said it in the live stream, but we are never offended or, or never bummed out by the challenging questions. We would get worried if the challenging questions stopped coming. Like, they reflect the passion and the energy that you and your readers have. So, so please note, don't feel like you have to apologize. Uh, you never offend us. We love seeing the passion. Uh, in terms of kind of returning the vintage collection back, candidly, I don't think we'll ever see that with any of our lines. 
like basically kind of where we are today, 50 to 75 new or retooled figures just isn't something we do in any line. It's something that we wouldn't see again. In terms of getting back closer to that, it really is the same answer of let us know the passion. And we've seen this in the comments, but it really is that voting with the wallets. Basically, as you've seen throughout the years with different lines coming and going, like I said, I have my personal fandom, but we make the right decisions for the business. And if we see an opportunity there to drive the vintage collection further, we'll do that. But it just has to make sense in terms of the market. So in both lines, Black Series and Vintage Collection, it seems there were a select few Episode 9 figures released. Are there plans in the near future to revisit Episode 9 figures and fill out the ranks? It's a good question. Uh, obviously, we were thrilled to see the conclusion of the Skywalker Saga, and we were kind of excited with our Triple Force Friday range that we talked about previously for The Rise of Skywalker. Obviously, as we said before, can't reveal anything that we haven't revealed yet, but uh, obviously we're excited about that range. And certainly in terms of the amount of action figures, you know, without doing the math, I, I think that there were more Rise of Skywalker figures. Well, certainly more vintage Rise of Skywalker than any previous movie in recent time, obviously, since the vintage collection just returned in 2018. In terms of Black Series, I'd have to do the numbers, but certainly it compares with recent movies. Uh, maybe some puts and takes here and there. Uh, and, and like I said earlier, you know, it was a great movie, great addition to the canon, and it's going to provide great inspiration for years to come. As we always do, we pepper in items from previous movies, whether that's classic or more recent, different entertainment sources, and we'll continue to do that with The Rise of Skywalker. The three and three quarter inch scale beasts, Jabba, the Dewback, so on, they've really risen in price on the secondary market. I looked and the 2010 Jabba the Hutt sold for over $150 recently. The 2011 Target exclusive Tauntaun sold for $65. And we haven't had any beasts released since the Wampa and Rathtar back in 2018. Given that these are existing sculpts and are available, have there been thoughts around or is it possible to re-release this type of beast in the Vintage Collection and maybe with updated Vintage Collection packaging if they haven't been released in this line before? It's a good question. With the Vintage Collection, we're always trying to strike that balance of bringing things back that have value. But we also heard feedback that there have been a lot of repacks, a lot of this, that, and the other. And so, as you know, we're always trying to strike that balance. Obviously, in 2019, we had more package refreshes throughout the line, and we heard the feedback on that. So, as you've seen now in 2020, we have less. So, it's interesting you bring that up. If that would be something of interest, I'd say definitely let us know. You know, uh, run a poll on your site, or, you know, ha have an article, or or you can tell us on a Google Hangout. Uh, we're, we're aware of that, but I think if we read or if we think that's kind of a definitely strong desire across the fan community, if the interest is there, and, and honestly, if there wouldn't be a kind of negative feedback to that, I think we're, we're aware of wanting to give the community what they want and not give them things that they don't want. And so if, if we felt that the whole community or a majority of the community was looking at that, I think that's definitely something we could see in the future. Well, thank you both for taking the time to talk with us. As always, it's great to talk to you. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. 
So thank you guys for listening to Star Wars Action News. It's been a great show. It's been fun getting back in the swing of things as we adjust to a new normal in life and a new normal in getting Star Wars Action News back out regularly. We have a care package sent to us by Hasbro of the full 40th anniversary wave of Empire Strikes Back series, all 10 figures here. So we're getting those into the photo studio to photograph, and we will be reviewing those on the next show, as well as the Baby Yoda Black Series figure. I just got that in the other day, and we're looking forward to talking about both of those. So we'll be back in two weeks with that show. Till then, may the pegs be stocked and the force be with you. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can find pictures of the toys reviewed, chat with other Star Wars collectors, and find hundreds of Star Wars Action News episodes at our website, SWActionNews.com. We want your feedback on Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at SWActionNews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at SWActionNews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can also find Star Wars Action News on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. The links to our social media sites are at SWActionNews.com. You can also help out our show by telling your friends to listen by posting on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or in person. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star review written on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed is at SWActionNews.com. You can also send us your latest store reports, figure reviews, and more. Email us at MP3 or iPhone voice memo at show at SWActionNews.com. All content received is subject for use on the show. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by Star Wars fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademark and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company. All rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2020. All rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Yeah, I think when we revealed it, I think in the photos there was some disclaimer that some assistance was needed that's purely referring to the effort that goes into it. The, those photos, there was no glue, there was no wax, there was no anything. It just required the effort and the skill of Eric and his team. I'm pretty confident that I would need to use the force to get Luke in that same pose. Laugh. Ha ha ha. Uh. <laughs>